Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Helping you wake up, remembering this is our Father's world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning. All right, I'm going to lead off with uh, a few Bible verses this morning. Uh, Following a conversation about expectations I had last night waiting in line, I needed to buy a new waffle iron. It's a long story um, that I won't tell here. But everyone else in line was buying toilet paper. Everyone. It's crazy. So um, I struck up all kinds of uh, of conversations, and one of those led to a conversation with a woman who's clearly expecting, right? She is very full uh, with child. And um, and I said, oh, you know, I, I see that you're expecting because, right, there's it's sort of awkward these days to get into those kinds of conversations because you don't want to misstep. But there was no question in this case that she's, you know, very full with child. And, you know, and, and she lit up and she's talking about all these wonderful, you know, things that she's expecting and da, da, da. And I said, and the, and the woman then in front of her, who had a gaggle of children, each of, 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 of whom were carrying a giant thing of toilet paper, right? Um, she turns around with, with um, uh, well, let's just say it was not a, a face filled with joy. And she said, it's not what you expect. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So, of course, we all then got to stand there together for an extended period of time as we were checking out. But it did, it did provo- provoke me. To um, to ask the question, what do we expect? I mean, you know, when we're expecting, right? Oh, we're expecting a baby. We're expecting joy and a a, a life full of fulfillment and um, right and all kinds of. I don't I don't really know. What did you expect when you were expecting? And have your expectations all been fulfilled, or have there been some things along the way that you didn't expect, or that were different than you expected? I used to often say, and still do, but I mean, I used to say it more frequently um, than I do now because I was in a context where it, it, it seemed more appropriate. Um, expect always the unexpected and anticipate miracles, knowing that with God, all things are possible. And I paused on that uh, in thinking about this question of expectations today. Expect always the unexpected, um, which means leave room in your in your calendar and in your vision of the future um, for that which you do not plan for, right? So expect always the unexpected and anticipate miracles, knowing that with God all things are possible. You know, in that is both this promise and this warning um, about the fact that we are going to find ourselves in spaces and places, maybe with the great frequency, when we actually need a miracle. And we only perceive ourselves to need a miracle when things are so recognizably out of our ability and control that we absolutely are desperate for God to intervene. And so the fact that you would find yourself needing a miracle, expect always the unexpected and anticipate miracles, knowing that with God all things are possible. The fact that we would find ourselves in a position that we would recognize we were in desperate need of a miracle 
is simply evidence that things have not gone as we expected. And so what are you expecting today? Romans 5, 3 to 5, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not ever put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. This is, uh, again, what are you expecting? What, what are your expectations for the day, the week, the month, the year, life ahead? 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So uh, then I would turn to James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So, my friends, today, whatever you are expecting and those things that are going to happen which you do not expect, God is still present and God is still God. He is still on the throne. He is still working out his perfect will in the context of human history. Next up, I've got a conversation with Kevin Downs. He's the producer of the I Still Believe movie. It is Jeremy Camp's story. Well, it's Jeremy's story, but it's uh, it's also Melissa's story. So up next, Kevin Downs, the producer of I Still Believe, the movie, which comes out this Friday. We'll be right back. Kevin Downs. He is the producer of a new film entitled I Still Believe. Kevin, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hey, Carmen. It's good to be here. All right. So I Still Believe is uh, maybe one of my favorite uh, worship songs. And so talk with us about the movie that is that's highlighting this this song and the story behind it. Yeah, the movie is a, a true life story based on Christian singer Jeremy Camp, and um, it's it's about a relationship that he had uh, coming out into Bible school in Southern California when he was like 18, 19 years old, fell in love with this young woman who just had a faith that it was undeniable, and um, uh, soon, uh, right after they got married, she got diagnosed with cancer, and it was a journey that was really difficult, and uh, God sent them into uh, something that was really challenging. And it's just a young love story that gives this visual example of what uh, sacrificial and biblical love looks like. And it's very hopeful and inspiring and uh, just really makes you want to wrap your arms around your loved one that's near you and really uh, cherish each day that we have. So some of the I mean, the I've, I've seen the trailer and I've seen um, a couple of clips and it's very compelling. It is um, it, it's definitely not just a story that draws you in. But this is a very visually appealing movie, and um, and these actors are—I mean—they're playing these roles in a way that you just really feel like this is Jeremy Camp. I mean, talk a little bit about the folks that are in, involved in um, in this movie, and you know why why you do this kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, our cast is incredible. I mean, KJ Appa, who admittedly I didn't know who he was before we cast him, but that's because I'm old <laughs> and. Uh, 
You know, he he's a young man that a lot of teenagers know who he is. And and we wanted somebody that really could embody and, and, and kind of set the tone of who Jeremy Camp is. He's got a lot of the same personality traits and and uh, he's just got a lot of energy and he's got this innocence about him. And, um, you know, he can sing, he can play the guitar, he can act, he can kind of do it all. It was really great to kind of witness him become Jeremy Camp and 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 play this out and Britt robertson who plays melissa um the love story you know interest part of it they had just a chemistry that was so undeniable and you feel like you're just kind of on their uh, shoulder witnessing this whole experience kind of um unfold and and you know it's it's a it's a youthful and it's a very innocent love story it's it's one of those things where you you just you watch and you witness and i think my wife has said well every girl would love to be wooed and and pursued the way that uh, KJ Jeremy Camp does it in the movie and it, it's something very beautiful to see uh why I do this uh you know I I love uh inspirational movies that inspire and give hope and um this is one of those movies that certainly does that I mean the movies in my career have certainly all done that and, and, and inspiring true stories that showcase the power of the gospel is what I'm passionate about and um and this has that. And our cast is just is really wonderful. Uh, Gary Sinise and Shania Twain, who are two actors that I have definitely been aware of. Um, uh, it's a dream having them because I've been such a big fan of theirs for a long time. And so uh, there's something in this for everyone, whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. Um, we all have relationships in our life, um, whether you're married or not. And and, you know, uh, what's 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 interesting is, you know, we all uh, are flawed We're flawed humans in a flawed world. And uh, what better way to understand how God truly loves us, but to see a visual um, example of how that plays out. So I am talking um, on my my computer's making all kinds of noise today. I'm talking with Kevin Downs. Um, we are talking about a new film uh, called I Still Believe. For those of you who um, may have seen I Can Only Imagine, and if you have not seen I Can Only Imagine, then let me highly recommend that to you as well. Um, for those of you who have seen I Can Only Imagine, this is sort of uh, in the spirit of um, of that same genre of film. There, There is a musical thread in this, um, but there is a faith thread that gets pulled and woven that is much more significant. And so... Kevin, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about maybe the message of this film, just in terms of um, this is a very young person who is expressing faith. And as a part of that expression of faith, makes this very significant commitment to get married at a very, very young age. Um, maybe as a maybe as a person who's, you know, obviously old enough to have kids this age, maybe say something to parents about um, what you learned uh, in the making of this film, kind of just about what this young person at this age, I mean, when Jeremy Camp was was only 20, um, gosh, what, it's a complicated story, but I do think there's something here for parents as well when young people want to make this kind of commitment. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's very important as parents. I have three uh, young boys. They're 6, 10, and 11, and, you know, 
the age where they grow up, they are they are wanting to be modeled after who you are and whether or not that's good or bad. It's up to you. You have this incredible power and responsibility to model and shape and grow your children. And um, as we see in the film, I still believe, uh, you know, Jeremy Camp has this unshakable, undeniable faith at a young age. And it comes from his parents. His dad was a pastor. And, you know, he he wanted to go to Bible school, but he had this love for music. And, um, you know, and it's way it's the way he is today. I mean, he's he still has this sort of unshakable and undeniable faith and um, it's a part of who he is. So we wanted to make sure that we captured that in a moment in a moment that's really real and very authentic to who he is. And it's how we how we translate the stories is based on hours and hours of interviews All right, I'm going to continue my conversation with Kevin Downs in just a moment. He and I are talking about the movie, I Still Believe. You can check it all out um, online. Uh, Lionsgate is the uh, the production company, and you can certainly check it all out at istillbelievemovie.com. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. I'm continuing my conversation with Kevin Downs. He is the producer of I Still Believe. For those of you who remember um, not just the incredible uh, song, but also the movie I Can Only Imagine. This is um, this is a film in that in that what I'll describe as uh, same genre. Um, This is really the story of Jeremy Camp and um, his coming into um, his own in terms of uh, his musical career, but also um, marrying Melissa. And this is Melissa's story as much as it is Jeremy's story. Uh, and Kevin, we're thrilled to have you here today to, to share with us about it. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. You know, after the success of I Can Only Imagine and you just seeing audiences um, respond to that film in, in a way that was really uh, hope-filled and inspiring, um, you know, that, that was a film that had a song that was certainly iconic, but also a band, Mercy Me, and its lead singer, Bart Miller, that a lot of people knew through Christian radio and whatnot. Uh, and so uh, I Still Believe was a story that I came across about eight years ago. I was at a Jeremy Camp concert, and he will often tell uh, his story from the stage. And my wife and I were there, and she kind of just rubbed my, uh, kind of bumped me on the shoulder and just said, hey, you, this would make a great movie. And and so while we were um, in, in post-production, while we released I Can Only Imagine, I couldn't get Jeremy's story out of my head, and I brought it to the Irwin brothers who directed uh, both films. And I just said, we got to really take a look at this. And so, um, you know, how we decide on a story, we go through hours and hours of interviews and uh, with, with Jeremy, uh, with I Can Only Imagine, it was with Bart. And and we then sit and pray over it and decide if uh, if God really wants us to do that, would he move us in that direction? And and Jeremy's story was just so undeniable that we couldn't shake it. And I think it's poignant and, and really perfect that it's coming out this week in a time period that's got so much, um, uh, you know, things are just a little bit, uh, people are nervous. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty going on in our country. And yet here's a story that is shaped in, and and rooted in the definition of what biblical love really looks like, and it's unshakable. And um, so I, I'm proud that this film is coming out at this time period this week. Uh, it's it's out in over 3,000 screens, our largest release ever, uh, including an IMAX, uh, some IMAX screens starting Wednesday night. But uh, Friday night is when it opens, and um, it's something to behold. It's a sight to behold. Encourage all ages. Doesn't matter if you're young or old. Just uh, take a friend, a neighbor, a, a loved one, and, and go experience this beautiful story. 
Yeah, so we're talking about the movie I Still Believe. It releases uh, nationwide on March the 13th. It's not only Jeremy Camp's um, song and story. It's the story of Melissa. And Melissa is, um, I mean, this is a little bit of a spoiler alert, but anybody who knows Jeremy Camp's story at all knows that um, she lived for a little over a year after they got married. Am I right? It's like 13 months maybe um, into their marriage that she passed away. Um, it, it strikes me, Kevin, that, um, when he sings, I still believe, right. He's, he's singing that song now today in the face of the knowledge, um, that she's with the Lord. Um, and the testimony that he has now given her for a long period of time, right. I mean, um, the, the testimony that his music and then this movie gives to her, um, I imagine is uh, a great gift to her family as well. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you know, it was definitely hard and difficult to kind of um, bring back some of these memories that were were difficult. Whenever you have a life that's really abruptly cut short, um, it's going to create some challenges, you know, emotionally. And I cer- we certainly understand that. We wanted to be cognizant of that. Um, but mostly we wanted both families to be, (laughs) we wanted both families to be super pleased with what the story is and they definitely are. Um, uh, you know, we, we involved them in the creation of the film. And then when both families got to see the film, there were a lot of tears, but there are a lot of pleased, uh, faces and remarks and reactions. And that's when we know we got it right. Um, is, is when the, is when those families, uh, kind of signed off on it. And, um, and, you know, the, the audiences have just been responding in a way that is just so undeniable. It's been really beautiful to see some of the stories and the testimonies that have come uh, from people uh, that have watched it. I mean, I've, I've seen young people, you know, 14, 15 years old with comments that I would never imagine uh, be made just because they're going through heartache, whether they lost a parent to cancer recently or, or, or some other things that they've been going through. And as well as adults. And um, it's it's a beautiful story for, for the time period that we're in. you have a favorite scene, scene from the film? Yeah, you know, I'm really impressed by KJ as an actor. Uh, I just think, you know, there's a scene in the film where he's singing to her a cappella in the hospital, and it's just him. I mean, it, it, there's nothing we did to produce that. And and for him to be able to do that and play guitar and, and give the emotion, I think, is is not easy. It's not something everybody can do. And I'm just so proud of him because he really put us all into this performance. And, uh, and people should watch it. It's a sight to behold. The movie is I Still Believe. You can find it at IStillBelieveMovie.com. Obviously, uh, the hashtag is I Still Believe. And that's also where you can find it on, you know, all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at I Still Believe. Um, Kevin, hey, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about Kingdom Story Company. Yeah, uh, Kingdom is a a it's a company that uh, John Irwin, Andy Irwin, and myself um, we launched uh, after the success of I Can Only Imagine, and uh, we signed a a deal with Lionsgate um, uh, where they're you know basically partnering with us and and putting the movies up and out there and. And I still believe is the first one of that venture, and we're excited about what's what's coming. And you know, our goal is to showcase the power of the gospel and true life stories, and and get them into the biggest and broadest platforms um, in the world. And uh, to have a partner like Lionsgate is certainly um, a gift, and uh, we're certainly trying to uh, take advantage of of that opportunity uh, to really showcase the power of God's word and and the gospel in such a way as that. 
Thank you um, so much for being with us, Kevin Downs. You guys can check out what Kingdom Story is doing at KingdomStoryCompany.com. Uh, the movie is I Still Believe, and it, it will be in theaters across the country on Friday, March the 13th. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us on Mornings with Carmen. Hey, thanks, Carmen. Have a great day. Absolutely. Yeah, you too. We'll be right back. Okay, so expectations is a part of the conversation that I want to be having today. And I'm hoping that um, as you enter into this day, you have all kinds of great expectations for what God is going to do. There are brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who um, they expect today to be bad. They expect today to be difficult. They expect today to be challenging. And they expect in all of that for God to show up and be God. And you can count on that today. Whatever you face, wherever you're going, whatever is in front of you, even that which you currently do not expect, God will be present and God will be God. So I want you to be encouraged in that today. Uh, Next up, we've got Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. She and I are going to talk about some things going on around the globe, challenges facing our brothers and sisters in Christ, and how Christians are responding to all of that. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Would you describe your home life as chaotic, perhaps a little confusing at times? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Let me ask another question. Do you have clear boundaries in your home? And if you do, does every member of the family know where the lines are drawn? I've met a lot of moms and dads who want rules and boundaries enforced, but the kids aren't clear about the expectations. That simply leads to confusion and chaos. Teens need boundaries explained to them. And they need the consequences for crossing those boundaries laid out on a regular basis. So here's the equation I'd recommend for your home. Add clear boundaries and subtract the strictness. It's a proven formula to drain the chaos from your home. Want more parenting help from Mark Gregston? Find helpful resources at parentingtodaysteens.org or search for Parenting Today's Teens in your favorite app store. today is Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News. You can find articles about everything we're discussing this morning at MNN, that stands for Mission Network News, mnnonline.org. Ruth, welcome back. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so we're going to have a conversation about how our Christian brothers and sisters around the world are both um, experiencing and responding to coronavirus. So where do we want to start? Oh, boy. Now that it's a global situation, obviously, there's a lot of uh, areas that are uh, dealing with the effects of coronavirus. We just most recently got um, an update from our friends at Bethlehem Bible College um, that uh, provides a, a like a seminary type education to the believers in that area. So it's both the believers that are in Jerusalem surrounding areas and also Bethlehem. So they're dealing with a lot of different things. Um 
we just got word from them that the city of Bethlehem has been placed on lockdown because the first Palestinian cases of the virus were discovered in Bethlehem. Um, and the government announced a state of emergency for 30 days and have imposed a number of measurements to try to contain the outbreak of the, of the disease, which includes um, like all, all of the major educational institutions, uh, conferences, workshops, major gatherings. Uh, the church in the nativity was sterilized, cleaned, and then closed. So you can imagine if you've been in this area, um, how much tourist activity there is. And all of that has been shut down. Um, Bethlehem Bible College is closed until further notice. A couple of major conferences coming through that have been postponed and canceled. Um, and of course, nothing happening on campus. So uh, as they're sitting there waiting for the quarantine to um, to lift, you're dealing with a number of economic issues as well. Um, so what they're basically saying is, you know, in the midst of these dramatic circumstances, pray that Jesus Christ, um, who is the great healer, who traveled through these same towns and villages curing diseases and illnesses, would lend his healing hand and heal every sick person. Um, they're praying for a healing not only from disease, but also from fear, from pride, from sorrow and uncertainty. Uh, and so they're just asking us as the body of Christ, who have been kind of walking alongside them as they, they work through some tough issues, uh, to pray with them as they go through this immediate circumstance. Um, you know, that's, that's just one example. Our friends in Lebanon are also dealing with that. Lebanon in Beirut, especially, uh, Beirut has just issued the lockdown orders. So uh, a lot of other issues there um, affecting ministries that are typically out and about because there are so many issues dealing with the refugee camps. And that is also a concern when you have a population like the Syrian refugee camps. It's, it's, um, I'm, I'm going to say something that sounds dramatic, but it's not unlike the populations of the prisons um, that are so close together and the sanitation is somewhat iffy and, and some of these other situations. And they're concerned that an, a virus outbreak, a COVID-19 virus outbreak in the Syrian refugee camps will be especially bad. It's going to not only hit the, the vulnerable, but Lebanon is not in any financial circumstance ready to take on a crisis like this. This could be the thing that just is the straw that breaks the camel's back. So there's a lot of concern coming out from our partners in Lebanon about what's happening there. You know, and, and there are a number of other uh, areas. We've got Iran and Japan and um, uh, among the the most recent, um, I, I want to say outbreaks, uh, just because I don't have another word to to describe what's happening there. You know, and today with Japan, it's the anniversary of the uh, the triple disaster that took place in, in 2011. And typically it's a very sobering day where people come together to remember what happened, to um, memorialize uh, the people who lost their lives and to celebrate the recovery from that disaster. But because of the virus uh, outbreak in, in Japan, uh, all of those things have been muted significantly. A lot of those gatherings have been canceled. In fact, Japan actually took the drastic step to cancel all school until the end of term. Yeah, the closures and the, um, the you've used the word lockdown uh, a couple of times. Bethlehem is on lockdown. Beirut is on lockdown. Um, that that list would be very long if we were to start down it. When we think of, um, you know, self-quarantine here in the United States or even when we think of what's going on in New York State, where there is one particular community with like a three mile radius of what they're describing as a quarantine um, that is that is in America um, our language for what other countries are using when they say lockdown. However, 
I kind of imagine that the way that a lockdown is uh, lived out and experienced around the world is very, very different depending on how the government um, treats its citizens just in general. And and when you start lifting up um, refugee communities and places where people are already living right on the very edge of survival, um, we are talking about a vulnerability around the world that's very, very different than the vulnerabilities we're experiencing here in the United States. For sure. Um, you know, and, and the governments in, say, uh, Bethlehem and in ba- in Lebanon and in Japan are trying to deal with the facts of the, the situation and, and, you know, prevent the spread of something that could be a very serious disease if you catch it um, from spreading further. The issue with Iran has been, oh boy, very confusing, very difficult to deal with because there's been a lot of um, misinformation. I think we spoke about this the last time we were together. But, um, you know, with Iran, you have clerics who are sort of like the information you know, posts. They, they're the ones that, that spread uh, the information from the government to the people. And in, in a number of cases, clerics have been giving misinformation that is wildly dangerous. Um, one guy was saying that uh, to prevent the uh, – to, to make yourself immune – to catching the coronavirus, uh, you had to use a violet oil, and um, and and there isn't a, a good amount of information that's coming from the government. And what is coming from them now is too little, too late. So there's a lot of um, there've been a lot of new contamination cases. The death toll has spiked sharply in Iran, and for them, the the fear is real. You know, we we joke about how the panic in the United States is a little overblown. Um, but for Iran, this is a serious situation, and uh, and the the not being able to get good information that isn't you know controlled by the state or um, being hidden by the state is, is a problem. So our partners from Transworld Radio uh, have taken their special called Coronavirus: What You Need to Know, um, and translated it into Farsi so that they can beam it into Iran so people can get that information and find out what needs to happen, in order to to best health practice, you know, to have your best health practices, to try to avoid um, as much as possible catching this this virus. Um, and Transworld Radio has a number of languages that they've translated this, this program into, uh, coronavirus, what you need to know. Um, but they started with the medical information. They talked to a doctor and, and said, what is the situation? What is the virus? What are the symptoms? How do you prevent it? Um, how can we do the best we can to, um, to increase the hygiene so that we reduce the risk of the spread. And that programming is actually in uh, maybe a dozen languages now. You can find it on their uh, on their platform called TWR360 and just look up coronavirus, what you need to know. It's right there. We also linked it in the article that we, uh, we wrote about uh, this program being translated into Farsi. So if you want to know about it, it's there. The information is all out there. But I think the information that we have in the United States just agrees with what they have. It's just that kind of information is is critical for uh, people who are in other countries where their governments are still not um, providing the people with the best information. Yeah, I, I'm so aware, Ruth, um, how so many people around the globe, you know, they don't have access to the kind of sanitation that we have here or, you know, or the ability to uh, to go out and buy um, things that they might need to protect themselves or their family, their access to anything that you and I would regard as clean is just very, very limited. And 
Um, and so teaching people how to um, protect themselves, I mean, in part by simply staying a, a number of feet away from other people. Um, obviously, when people are living in circumstances where they have several families living together in very, very small spaces because they are, let's say, internally displaced um, people or or refugees. Um, I just I, I heard a, a person yesterday in in relationship to U.S. colleges and universities shutting down, you know, basically say, hey, look, dorms are like cruise ships. Um, another person responded by saying prisons are like cruise ships that no one's ever allowed to leave. And then a third person comment and then imagine the status of refugees. Like, right, we're talking about people who are basically in prison um, in very close proximity to one another. They cannot leave. And even if they could leave, they have nowhere to go. Um, and so I just um, I hope that our hearts are breaking with the heart of God today uh, about the status of the most vulnerable around the world. And um, and our opportunity and responsibility as Christians who do know the great physician and have access to resources that might be shared um, for us to be doing that. Again, you can find links to the ministries that we're discussing today at Mission Network News, which is mnnonline.org. Ruth and I are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Ruth Kramer from Mission Network News, you can find the articles we're talking about today at mnnonline.org. Ruth, let's uh, let's pivot to um, a really positive ministry story. The ministry we're going to highlight is On Eagle's Wings. Tell us about it. Wings is a ministry to uh, Native Americans. Um, it it use, utilizes uh, Native Americans who are believers and has them go into the reservations and and reach the young people in those areas. And part of the reason why you have something like this that is so key um, to kind of changing the, the the culture of what's going on in the reservations is because of uh, the issues that you have that that stem from the poverty that is part of just being uh, a Native American um, and the the issues that come from that, you know, including the abuse and uh, that is the the substance abuse issues, the physical abuse issues, the sexual abuse issues, uh, the drug abuse issues. And then you have the high rates of suicide. Um, I know that we're starting on the, the dark side of this story, but the positive side is the change and the transformation that takes place as a result of the ministry of On Eagle's Wings. Uh, the, but the, the issue with the suicide rates in uh, among the Native American community in the United States is such that it has reached crisis levels. We're talking about like one in 10 young people um, that uh, have either tried to commit suicide or uh, have succeeded. So it's the second leading cause of death for Native Americans between 10 and 34 years old. And the suicide rate is one and a half times higher than the national average for young Native Americans between 15 and 34. That has reached ridiculous proportions. And it's gotten so bad that, the, that Congress has tried to address it on a number of levels by introducing the Native American Suicide Prevention Bill or the Suicide Prevention Act. And um, for whatever reason, this this piece of legislation uh, tends to just get sent in, into committee and just dies there. But it's been introduced in 2000, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. And a senator from Arizona has co-sponsored sponsored the legislation for this year, too. So 
there is an attempt to bring some um, awareness to the crisis that is plaguing Native Americans and um, and provide them with resources to try to fight uh, some of those root causes of the issues that, that are leading to suicide. But with uh, Ron Hutchcraft Ministries, which is the parent organization of On Eagle's Wings, um, Ron says really the thing that will change that is by introducing people to hope. And if you walk onto a reservation, it is a, a desperate, hopeless community. They have no access to resources. They've been cut off and ignored. Um, they are kept in that in that area. Uh, and and it's just very difficult for people to break out. It's difficult for young people to have hope for the future because they don't see anything being different for them than it was for their parents before their the you know their their grandparents or other generations before them. So when um, when a young person who grew up like they did or they are growing up uh, comes to them and says, "Hey, it doesn't have to be this way." Uh, there is hope. And let me share you share with you that hope that is in Jesus Christ. Um, people start to listen and they start to change a little bit. They 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 haven't been exposed to something like this. So when these Native Americans from the same tribe come onto the reservation and just set, spend time sharing meals, playing games, talking, and then uh, sh- presenting the hope of Jesus Christ uh, for a couple of weeks. Um, people respond. And and so we're not saying that it's just, it's the only thing that is part of the mix to dealing with the suicide crisis among Native Americans in the U.S., but we're saying that in conjunction with all of these other things, um, it is making a difference. And when you really look at who Jesus is and the transformational nature of the gospel, uh, it actually has more success than the traditional approach to throwing resources at a problem where you're not dealing with the root cause. Um, so it's been very interesting to see how On Eagle's Wings has really begin growing, began growing uh, the, the ministry by leaps and bounds as young people find themselves in a position to say, I want to share my hope story with you uh, because it changed my life. And you know how it is when somebody's the word of mouth thing happens. Somebody tells you that they had a good experience with blah, 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 blah. You're more likely to sit and listen to the story and then examine whether or not that is something that you want to pursue further. And when they stay available, when they connect you to another body who sounds and feels the same way, and they continue to disciple you in this word of God that you're unfamiliar with, and and you're finding out new things about your relationship with Jesus Christ and your relationship with your community, uh, it it sticks. And that's what we're finding with On Eagle's Wings. When you have these Native American youth reaching out to Native American youth with the gospel, it transforms things. So um, we want to highlight uh, Ron Hutchcraft's ministry, which is Hutchcraft.com, and On Eagle's Wings, which is OnEaglesWings.com. But you can find uh, you can find it all through the link at Mission Network News, MNNOnline.org, as well. Um, Ruth, as you're describing not only the transformation that takes li- takes place in the lives of these young people, um, uh, and the and then they go back onto the reservation um, and into the Native American community where they're literally already a part of the tribe. I mean, I think part of the challenge that um, non-Native Americans have always faced in terms of sharing the gospel with Native Americans is that we are never a part of the tribe. Like, it never, that never happens. That, that, it, we are always people from the outside. They're, that just is never resolved. And so 
one of the absolutely beautiful parts um, of this ministry is that not only is it delivering hope and just the opportunity for real radical life transformation in the lives of these young people, but it is then empowering them to go back onto their own reservations, into their own tribes, and share that, uh, you know, share that ministry with others one-on-one um, in the context of real community, community that doesn't have to be constructed because it already exists. It's just, it's such a, I mean, it's, I do feel like, like, how did it take us so long to get to the place where this was, uh, this was somebody's idea that we could get behind and support? Um, it really, uh, it is exciting, and it's been going on for some period of time. We want to be praying for them this summer as they, uh, as they prepare for their Warrior Summit camp. I know that that camp is a big part of this, and certainly we want to be praying that the coronavirus will not interfere with plans related to that camp at the very end of June, beginning of July. Um, obviously, grab more information at mnnonline.org, at hutchcraft.com, or on eagleswings.com. Ruth, um, thank you so much. As always, uh, it's an abundance of information. There's a lot more at MNN Online that we did not have time to discuss, so we'll direct people there. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We'll be right back. Okay, in the midst of uh, all all of these headlines this morning and these conversations, I want to remind you um, that God is God. God's not surprised by anything that's happening today. As we are assured in Psalm 11, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. In Isaiah 43, we're reminded not to fear when we pass through the waters. I will be with you when you pass through the rivers. Uh, You will not be swept away. They will not sweep over you. For I am the Lord, your God, and I love you. I love you. God loves you. God loves you. And nothing in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that you know in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, Nothing. And so uh, let's, with Paul, be able to say um, that we know the one in whom we trust. uh, that That we know that he is able to guard us. Um, that we have entrusted ourselves to him. That's 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. All right, we've got a whole other hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.